Feel yourself seated here. Feel your body, the warmth of the body. It's strength. Feel the aliveness of the body. Almost anywhere you put your attention, you feel sensations. Heat. Touch. Aliveness. Let yourself begin to focus attention on the breath. The movement of the chest or the belly, the abdomen. at the passageway of the nostrils. Feel the sensations created by the breath.
Keep the attention focused, yet relaxed. Having the sense of receiving the movement, receiving the sensations of breath. Happening on its own. Make the simple intention to just be present with the breath. And then notice when the mind goes off, becomes distracted, starts to think, and then without comment, without discussion, bring the attention back over and over again. Training the attention to be present in this body, in this moment.
Keep the attention relaxed, but steady. Making the attention intention to just be present with the breath. When you do notice that the mind has become distracted or wandered off, realize that it is not your fault. This is no fault meditation. When you do know that you're lost, simply bring the attention back again without commentary and begin again in this moment with this breath. When you notice that the mind has wandered off or is lost, simply come back to the sensations of the breath.
know that what you are witnessing is the human condition. So try not to take it too personally. This is the nature of our collective mind at this moment. Bring attention back without blame. Bring attention down from the story of your life to the fact of your life.
just this breath. without reaction, without judgment. Simply experiencing the breath in this moment, receiving the sensations. From the monk Thich Nhat Hanh, our true home is in the present moment. To live in the present is a miracle. The miracle is not to walk on water. The miracle is to walk on the green earth in the present moment, to appreciate the peace and beauty that are available now. Peace is all around us, in the world, and in nature and within us, in our bodies and our spirits. Once 
we learn to touch this peace, we will be healed and transformed. It is not a matter of faith. It is a matter of practice. Peace, peace all around us. As we were saying that, the sunlight started to emerge. The rain. We're so rich with wonders. It's amazing that we aren't falling to our knees over and over again shouting hallelujah, wondrous. Did you enjoy breathing and watching? It's so easy, isn't it? We have time for some uh, questions you might not it's early in the retreat we might not have any at this time but maybe there's some yeah thank you exactly what uh, we needed to uh, question about the technique of labeling our thoughts or our feelings or what we're experiencing at the time as a way of getting a kind of uh, observer distance from them and allowing them to be there, not reacting to them, but uh, not getting caught. So the labeling can be very useful in, in a kind of way of science, you know, being real objective about uh, your experience, as, as objective as you can be about yourself as the subject, right? And, uh, but uh, the labels, labeling is, can be very useful. Anybody else uh, have anything to say about, about <laughs> question number two? Uh, uh. 
I'm sorry, I, I can't quite. Uh, um, is saying like irrational or ineffective worries or thoughts, is that useful for the labeling process or does that sort of put a judgment on it? And does that make it sort of like you're kind of going into the Yeah, that's an interesting edge, you know, that you kind of learn when you're, you're kind of sneaking around the back door and when you're not, you know. Sometimes you get caught in it it's so strong or, you know, it's, it's so predominant in your, in your mental life and your stories of your life that it keeps pulling you. Uh, you keep reacting, it keeps pulling you down or into the reaction. And then, you know, you work with it. You'll fail over and over again. I promise. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll add something to that. and appreciate um, what Wes was saying. And, and to add just a little bit to that is um, a couple of things. One is with the instruction um, the, this morning, given that it's the first morning of the retreat, um, that you notice you come back. Um, it's kind of a gradual training towards the beginning we might recommend that you just come back. You just come back in order to steady the attention more and then opening up more and more to labeling. Um, and in terms of labeling, it's a great technique to just recognize what's happening. It's a recognition. It's an act of recognition. Just very, with a lot of equanimity. And I agree with you that it's kind of on the edge of, oh, irrational thinking. It's like, oh, it's, it's got a little bit of aversion to it. It's like, oh, it's just thinking. Oh, it has a flavor of, you know, just let the labeling be not pushing away, not judging. Because, yeah, as, as your intuition or as yourself, judging is kind of creeping into that labeling. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Any other questions? And we'll take answers too if you have any of those. <laughs> yeah. Any recommendations if you're Aside from taking a nap, <laughs> you can open your eyes and let some light in that usually uh, invigorates the, the system. Um, you can stand up. And then you really don't want to, you know, move around. <laughs> um, yeah, it, there's it, sleepiness is a common uh, sloth and torpor. It's called in the in the texts. It's one of the hindrances. It can be useful to you know uh, struggle with it a little bit, or I shouldn't say struggle, but. Uh, to try to just be okay with it and let it, let it appear and feel it. What, is, what does it feel like? What does sloth and torpor feel like? Big, a big cloud up here or you feel it here? And uh, what does it make you feel? What, what, what is your reaction? Frustration, you know, you wanted to really meditate this last hour, but you know, so then, then you label that or, or you 
uh, experience that for a moment. That kind of, oh, I wish I could do do this easier. I wish it was easier. And, you know, you, you're learning how to do that. So it's a wonderful tool to have. Any, any comments about anything? The rain? Way in the back, yeah. Yeah, it is a big project that uh, trying to learn to love life anyway, uh, the way it is, and uh, the impossible, in some ways impossible condition of being alive and knowing you're going to die, for instance, and uh, all the, all the uh, other issues that come up in a life. Um, who who are we to argue with the way it is? And and partly what we do in in the practice is to learn to feel and and understand ourselves f- fully, like feeling that desire for f- peace, feeling the fear, feeling the anxiety about the world. Why do you have anxiety about the world? Because you love it. Uh, note that there are other, other feelings inside of you that you can learn to go to uh, more frequently as aids. So you can grow some peace inside of yourself. Somebody said once that uh, meditation practice is learning to love the world and yourself. It's a continual uh, process of learning to love the world and love yourself. Any, anybody else? Maybe I'll, uh, uh, it's a profoundly deep question and it's a vast theme one way to describe it is the uh, intersection of compassion and equanimity. And um, I'm, uh, my own, one of my reflections on that comes from the Buddha's description of uh, sort of his run up to awakening. 
And he said, uh, with a lot of detail, painful, racking feelings arose and they did not invade my mind and remain. That's the distinction. Things arise of all kinds, including our hearts being sore and weary and sad at our own situation or that of others. Uh, Pema Chodron says, you are the sky, everything else is weather. <laughs> it's like that. And, and so it does not invade and remain. That's the distinction. Arises the side of awakening, full awakening, it does not invade and remain. And I think that's, that's the place of possibility there for us in our practices. Wes was saying, quoting Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, and so then how do we cultivate that core, that, that space, however you want to describe it, the ground, the felt sense of that peace which is not um, hijacked or overrun by that which arises and passes through. And much about that, including potentially in ways that are often meaningful for some, tapping into what feels like a, a, a place of peace inside, outside, somewhere, nowhere, that is, um, in a sense, not one's own. So that kind of a profound possibility. Uh, also, I just would like to mention, especially at the beginning of the retreat, that very often that more general capacity for peace is developed and cultivated, and including woven into the fabric of the body through lots of little moments of peace. Little scared animals we are. I know that sounds like Yoda, right? But anyway, um, <laughs> it's really funny. Anyway, um, and little moments of comfort, little moments of comfort, little moments of peace, little moments of, as Wes again was saying, in this moment, all rightness, in this moment, all rightness. Um, and the internalization of those many moments of um, letting go of contraction, finding that which is appropriately comfort comforting and comfortable, easing, settling, reassuring, connecting. Those little moments adding up really do, uh, can really help uh, establish a more global peace. And this is a lovely opportunity for that. And it, it aids practice to look for and receive into oneself those moments without clinging to them because they pass on through. Uh, and yet they can really grow and help to grow this more foundational sense of equanimity. So segueing from these beautiful teachings this morning on cultivating peace every moment and loving yourself and loving the world. Like to segue into a few announcements, but they're related. First, I have a question. How many of you, this is your first silent retreat in this tradition? A show of hands, okay. Many of you, okay, great, wonderful. So this is specially for you and a reminder to, to others who've done this before and they may know this practically. The first few days specially, 
Be very gentle with yourself. Very gentle. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. You're going to be very tired today. Sleepiness is going to come up because you've come from a life of driving 100 miles a minute and now like you're stopping and now you're still reverberating. You're exhausted. Acknowledge that. So be very kind to yourself today. And as much as you can, give yourself to the schedule today. If a nap calls you in the afternoon, you have permission this afternoon to take a nap on the first day. If you're just exhausted, don't struggle. Don't fight it. Be kind and gentle. It's a practice of kindness. The sits you don't want to miss on any day is this sit, 845 sit, is when we give instructions. You don't want to miss the 4 p.m. Um, sitting meditation with guided practices. That's where we share um, loving kindness, metta practices. You don't want to miss that. Just giving you the, the cheat sheet. And you don't want to miss the Dharma talk. And probably the last sit you don't want to miss either. There will be an offering, teaching offered there. So just, I know that on my first retreat, I was completely confused and overwhelmed completely by the schedule. So just trying to simplify it. And the other announcement also, a couple more. One is that starting tomorrow, we will have meetings. We'll have practice discussions, group practice discussions with you. Today is just a day of settling, practicing silence, really arriving and practicing deeply. Starting tomorrow, you'll get the information. So just relax, trust that you'll get all the information you need right on time. It'll be posted, you'll know where to go, what to do. Starting tomorrow, we'll be offering, the three of us will be offering group interviews with you and our wonderful, fabulous teaching assistants, Rachel and Alisa, will be offering uh, optional individual practice meetings in the afternoons for those who need extra support and, and have more questions and need support with their practice. It'll all... So trust just today, just arrive, be in silence, nurture yourself, enjoy the, the rain, the gentleness, um, the silence, really enjoy the silence, the sound of the birds, the turkeys. And, and, last, and lunch. And lunch, yes, the meals become highlights. And how many of you are... Um, have signed up for CE credits. Show of hands, please. Okay, great. This is for you, this announcement. It's really important for you to sign in out for every session. It's very important. The managers will be checking. So please remember to sign in for every session in order to get your CE credits. Okay? All right. Thank you. So now... Terry will talk about dividing the room up for yoga. So the yoga um, will take place in the upstairs walking room, and that's through the foyer, foyer, and then up the stairs on the right. And there's mats for everyone. And we'll divide the room simply today, um, just right down the middle. So this side of the room um, will be 
coming to the morning session of the yoga, and this side of the room will come to the afternoon session. And if you need a chair, if you'd like to come to this um, session and just sit and do what you can with the arms, there's chairs available in the back um, closets. And some people come and just lie in a relaxation pose and um, observe, do what they can. You're all welcome. Um, There's studies that have shown that the mirror neurons in the brain um, can they learn um, and have positive effects in the body by watching. So you're all welcome. Any questions about um, the yoga division? And please try to um, just come, or please come to one session. Otherwise the room gets too crowded. So thank you. And Elisa will be um, sharing walking meditation instructions. So whether you're new to walking or you've done it many times, you're invited to listen to um, the walking meditation instructions with beginner's mind. Are you able to hear me now? Great. (laughs) So good morning, everyone. So um, in the Theravada tradition, we recognize four different postures during which we can practice mindfulness. There's sitting, there's standing, there's walking, and there's lying down. And... Um, many people, especially if we're new to the tradition, uh, tend to associate meditation with sitting. But actually, we can bring our mindful awareness to any posture that we're in, not just sitting, standing, walking, and lying down. We can bring our present moment awareness to any four of these postures and any posture in between. And in fact, uh, the Buddha encouraged that we bring our full awareness to all of our comings and goings. And to bring our full awareness to whatever we're doing, whatever activity or posture we're in. So this morning I'm going to offer some very, very brief instruction about walking meditation, because it's a very integral part of uh, our practice here at Spirit Rock and also at other meditation centers around the world. Just um, out of curiosity, how, how many of you have done mindful walking? Oh, okay, great. Mostly everyone. And how many have done mindful walking on retreat? Okay, beautiful. So if um, walking meditation is accessible to you, we encourage you to uh, walk during the several walking periods that we have um, 
on the schedule for you. And if walking is not accessible for you for any reason, um, just bring your intentionality and your awareness to any posture that you're in, right? So that could be rise, um, raising your arm or your hand or stretching or bending or squatting or um, lying down or, or getting up from lying down, right? The idea is to uh, bring embodied awareness to whatever you're doing, not just when you're sitting or not just when you're walking, but everything in between. And please let us know if, um, uh, if your access needs are not being met uh, at any point during the retreat. You can let a teacher know or you can let one of the retreat managers know. Um, so some people take to walking meditation uh, really quickly. They like it. But for some, it's an acquired taste. Um, it can be easier to be with and follow uh, the sensations of walking than it can be the subtle sensations of the breath. Uh, in my own practice, it was an acquired taste for me. Um, I remember uh, once I was on a retreat here, and it was a bright, crisp, and sunny morning. The sky was blue, it was cold, and I was walking up one of the trails nearby, and I saw a banana slug on the trail. And it was gliding very slowly up the hill, and I stopped to observe it and notice the, uh, the sort of the rhythmic waves of contraction in its body as it was walking. And I realized that, wow, this, this slug uh, has its whole body. Its whole body is making contact with the earth for its whole life. And in that moment, I felt envious. <laughs> um, I, I wondered, wow, what would it be like to have my whole body on the ground and be able to receive the subtle and intelligent vibrations of the earth like that? I was really in awe of that moment, that, that realization, and snapped out of my envy uh, pretty quickly and, and realized that as humans, we have our own way of making contact with the earth, huh? um, receiving the subtle vibrations of the earth. And that was a real turning point for me in my own walking meditation practice. I learned to start appreciating it more deeply. So, you know, walking meditation can be just as beneficial uh, as a sitting practice when it comes to building concentration and equanimity, but it can also help us to build strength and, and stamina as well. Um, so, it, and it can also be very invigorating if we're feeling sluggish or tired. It's, a good practice after we eat or after we've been sitting for a long period of time. Um, so I'm going to do a demonstration of walking practice and in a couple of minutes I'm going to invite you to join with me so that you can practice. And if it's not accessible to you, stay seated and you can just move a different part of your body. So to do walking meditation, what we encourage you to do is to find a path um, uh, of about 20 to 40 feet, and just begin walking back and forth. 
and we encourage you to move slowly at first, but over time, with practice, you can find your own pace. You can walk a little bit more quickly, but the encouragement is to find a pace that allows you to be uh, intimate, as intimate as possible with the felt sense of your feet on the ground and your legs moving. And the reason why we have you walk back and forth um, is twofold. One, if you become familiar with one particular path, um, your mind isn't caught up with how to navigate that path. And two, when you're just walking in one place over and over again, you're not trying to get anywhere. You know, typically when we're trying to walk someplace, um, our mind is caught up with the getting there, arriving, right? So when we practice mindful walking, we're just feeling the felt sense of the feet making contact with the ground, the legs lifting, swinging, and landing. So let's try it if you're willing. Just um, close the... Stay very close to your mats. And you can just begin by um, just sort of swaying back and forth, shifting your weight from foot to foot. In Tai Chi, uh, there's something called empty and full. So when your weight, for example, is on the right side of your body, your right, right foot is full. Your left foot is empty. Then you can shift your weight to the left side of the body, feeling the fullness in the bottom of your feet and the emptiness in your right foot. So, um, so just beginning to slowly walk, lifting one leg, feeling the felt sense of the leg moving in the air, the foot landing on the ground, feeling the tension in the bottom of your foot as you walk. And then the other leg lifting, swinging through the air and landing again. And one of the things that happens when we do mindful walking is that the mind tends to wander sometimes even more than when we're sitting. And one way that we can engage the mind in a benign way is to simply note or label what we're doing. So you can note to yourself, right, left, right, left. Or you can note lifting, moving, placing. And then when you get to the end of your path, you stop, you come to a full stop, And then we turn and head back in the other direction. And as you're turning, uh, paying attention to that turn, what it feels like to turn and pivot on your feet. Oftentimes in life when we have transitions, we ignore them because we're in such a rush to get to where we're going. But pay attention to the turn, to the transition. And if you get distracted uh, by a strong thought or a strong emotion while you're walking, the invitation is to stop. 
And just pay attention to the rising and the passing away of that thought or emotion, and then you can continue walking again. And if something captures your attention, a a bird song, a flower, a turkey vulture, um, you can do a looking or a hearing meditation and then proceed with walking again. Um, In that beautiful Thich Nhat Hanh quote, that Wes read, um, he talked about walking on water. If it continues to rain, you'll be walking on water today too, but not in the same way. Um, Just being mindful. And um, walking outside is fine, or you can walk in either the upper hall or the lower hall if yoga meditation is not being done there. So... um, One more tip. I think I'm over time, but this will just take a couple of seconds. Um, uh, One of my favorite practices is actually a practice that was developed by Thich Nhat Hanh in which you, every time your foot lands on the ground, you might say peace, calm, present moment, only moment. And you recite that over and over again. It's a way to offer a blessing to the earth and the stewards of the earth, both currently and ancestrally. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.